This podcast is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens, the world's number one pizza oven brand. Welcome to the Pizza Pod Party. With Arthur Bavino and Alfred Schultz. On today's show... Host of How I Built This and The Great Creators, Guy Raz is our guest. We have pizza news and our topic is pizza cheese terminology. Well, 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 another uneventful week. I'm Alfred Schultz. (laughs) Welcome to the Pizza Party Pal. And I'm Arthur Bovino of NYC Best Pizza. I'm the head of pizza content for Uni Pizza Ovens, and I love a post-baked raw onion-topped pizza. That's all. Cool. That's good to know. There's a lot going on. Does anything happen this week? No, I don't think so. Pretty quiet week. We had a pretty quiet episode last week with... uh, Dag and Patrick Wilson on. I don't think, you know, not many people cared about that one. Kind of like low-end celebrities on the show talking pizza. (laughs) And uh, I might have had a kid in there, too. So, you know, kind of a snooze fest of a week as far as I'm concerned. Has there been any pizza in the hospital room on the way home? Uh I mean, my I just the first thing I want to know. Uh, I'm you know, I. It's already such a blur. I'm trying already to think. Uh, I don't even know. I honestly don't. We know. had pizza in our uh, in in the in our recovery room. There was pizza within a day and a half. I'm just I'm, I haven't dug deep into this research wise, but I'm assuming that pizza plays a role in a lot of Americans' lives within the first week or two, considering uh, you know how crazy things are after after a newborn arrives. So I would anticipate mm-hmm. some pizza coming your way somewhat soon. Well, we have congratulations, uh, by the way. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, um, certainly one of the greatest days of my life happened, and it's always it's always kind of cool to say that and 100 percent mean it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really fun. And but yeah, we have a, already Lou Malnati's is taking over our freezer. We have a bunch <laughs> of Lou Malnati's frozen there. So at some point, those would be eaten. But I've eaten like such garbage, just random stuff that I don't know how yeah. I'm going to possibly eat it, any deep dish right now. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm kind of running on fumes. Haven't slept uh, really at all. So yeah. So let's make this episode as long episode. as we possibly yeah. can. Let's, let's do, do that. it. How about, yeah. yeah. But God, let, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, yes, the birth of my son was uh, absolutely wonderful. And also, and you didn't know, great. right? You didn't know this was going to be a boy, or did you guys know? We knew it was going to be a boy. Yeah, we yeah. didn't okay. know for uh, my my daughter Helen, but we did for uh, okay. my son Michael, which is fun to say. Uh, yeah. Gives me goosebumps. It's the one thing I can feel right now. Um, but also, like, what a great episode last week with uh, Patrick and Dag. If you haven't listened to that, please do. They are delightful couple and really cool uh, celebrity actors. Like, I don't like saying the word celebrity on this show. Like, we have really great notable guests. I count them as celebrities. And that was yeah. really fun. They were uh, very charming. But, but I'm this is pumped this is no this snooze week. fest here, yeah. I mean, and this, I mean, you know, this is kind of once in a while we get somebody on who is kind of the what I like to think of as kind of the soundtrack of your life in yeah. some place or sometime, like whether it's a weekend or on the public radio or whatever it is. Guy Raz is one of those voices. He's a guy too. Uh, no pun intended, or was it? But uh, he's a guy who I know people. So many people in my life listen to his podcast. Mm-hmm. Even people who don't consider themselves podcast people. Yep. They will say, oh, well, of course I listened to How of I course. Built This. Yeah. So uh, it's awesome. He is also quite the pizza fan and <laughs> aficionado. So he has 
He brings a lot of information and it's fascinating. So coming up later, pizza news and the pizza topic. But after this break, how I built this host and creator, Guy Raz. Uni Pizza Ovens are excited to introduce their first indoor and outdoor pizza oven. Univolt 12. Uni's first all-electric oven, Volt, offers maximum versatility and performance in a beautiful modern design. Whatever the season and in any weather, you can make great pizza. Univolt is so convenient and easy to use. Just plug it in and you're ready to go. Not only does this oven look great, but it reaches 850 degrees and cooks pizza in just 90 seconds. To learn more, visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com today. It's the Pizza Pod Party special guest. Guy Raz is a podcast institution. He was a reporter for CNN and NPR, and also weekend host of All Things Considered. Since 2016, Guy has been the host of the critically acclaimed and super popular podcast, How I Built This. He is the founder of Built It Productions and Tinkercast. He's the author of 2020's How I Built This, The Unexpected Paths to Success from the World's Most Inspiring Entrepreneurs, and numerous children's books. He currently hosts the podcast, The Great Creators. Get more info at thegreatcreators.com. Guy Raz is here. Make sure you follow Guy and all of our guests on Twitter, Instagram, all that fun social media. This is a really interesting conversation. He knows a lot about pizza, and frankly, he knows a lot about a lot of things. He's one of these guys, in, in similar almost to like a Patrick Wilson in some ways, of like, like really smart, super talented. I f- have massive inferiority complex going into something like this, right? Like he kind of has an answer for everything. He's super smart. Like I'm kind of thinking, I don't think I can do anything in my life. And this guy can do about a million things. Maybe it's just me. Well, you have an answer for everything though. He also talks about the celebrity he would like to have a pizza with. And that's very fun. That's a great answer. That's towards the end. Really made me want to have a pizza with that person. So, I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. With the two of them, really. So fascinating stuff here with Guy Raz on the Pizza Pod Party. But I I have been sort of catching up on great creators. And there's a part of me that wishes that in an alternate universe, I could just skip the pizza stuff and go right into asking you about Jeff Tweedy and Andrew Bird, because uh, listening to both those conversations, I'm a huge fan of both of theirs. I had, I, my mind was kind of going nuts with both of them. So, you know, I we'll have to do that another time. Um, uh, I'll I'll call you up this weekend and force you to uh, Andrew Bird is also just a love. Well, both of them are lovely humans, um, yeah. kind and generous with their ideas and thoughts. And also, um, you know, just very easy to talk to both of them. They seemed like that. And yeah, I mean, just hearing Andrew Bird even talking about uh, the fact that like he was even a little even concerned about, you know, the profile of like a Ryan Adams and how he thought like I never thought it never occurred to me that he wouldn't even of course he had those thoughts, but it never would have occurred to me that yeah. he's that type. But of course, but of course he is. We're yeah. all that type. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we'll get to pizza. I guess. I guess we have to talk about pizza now, right, Arthur? Jeez. Yeah, that is the pizza pod party. So always happy to talk about pizza. It's not the great creators reaction podcast. I'm not okay. I wasn't <laughs> sure. Um, well, I mean, I guess you know, I wasn't sure we we're going to start with this, but we can cut to the chase. You informed us you are, uh, I think, back. 
on the keto diet and um maybe we should cut the interview short and just don't continue because i don't i mean that sounds tough and can you tell us how that came about and yeah. what it involves and why and how much you miss pizza really i i love pizza um i have um i can talk a lot about pizza cuz i still make it and um and have a really yeah simple way um and 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 how i make it and i i own a few uni pizza ovens a uh, three actually which we can talk about i love pizza um i'm actually going to italy in the summer and so i plan nice. to pizza here's here's the deal okay i'm in the bay area which yeah. is a pizza it's not new york but it is a pizza capital of the united states you know berkeley san francisco have some amazing sonoma county and so if there is an opportunity to eat like really, you know, nationally ranked, excellent, outstanding pizza. I will eat a slice, you know, every couple of weeks. I will have because it's out of respect that, yeah. for that pizza and my love for it. But basically, I, you know, I'm as I approach age 50, it's becoming patently clear that I, like many humans over 40, don't deal with a lot of carbohydrates and starches really well. You know, like when you're a kid or if you're a triathlete, you can burn that stuff fast. But as you get older, it has a huge impact on your blood sugar. And so in the last, I would say, year or so, I've been become really obsessed with blood sugar and its connection to metabolic health. So I have cut out pretty much all sugar and starch. Not to say I don't have a glass of wine every couple of months or I won't, you know, have a slice of really excellent pizza. I, I, I mean, there's some amazing pizza places that, um, and I know the the proprietors, and I'll have, you know, they've got really interesting ingredients. I'll try it, but it does knock me, uh, knock me a little bit because my body just can't take as much of it anymore, and that's just the reality. Well, obviously, we'll edit all of that out because we can't possibly have that on this podcast. <laughs> no, but I love it because it's, it's you know, one of our first episodes was with Ali Velshi, and he just informed me how he uh, had celiac. And so he could not eat the pizza, but he would have certain moments that he cheated on that. And uh, he, had to, he had to pay for it. And it just, I think it does show you the links people go to to get that endorphin rush that, you know, pizza delivers. Yeah. And pizza is such a, I mean, it is, it's like the platonic food, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a perfect food. I mean, it, it is so simple and it's so special and it can be prepared in so many different ways. And, you know, I think obviously Italy is the home of pizza or Finland, as some people like to think <laughs> is the home of pizza. Um, Italy is the home of pizza, but the United States is a pizza powerhouse. You know, yeah. the United States has, you know, uh, Chris Bianco and, you know, um, Tony Napolitano and I, all these. I mean, I'm not, you know, you've got Patsy's in New York and uh, God, I'm, I'm not going to mention all of them. People are going to kill me. Right. But, you 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 know, you, you've you got this amazing tradition of pizza and Detroit style pizza and Roman style pizzas and New York style pizzas. Uh, just the proliferate, even Alsatian style pizzas, the proliferation that I see here, just here in the Bay Area, it, it's it's all you need to know. Like the diversity of this thing, which is basically bread and sauce and cheese, you know, or some variation of that, except there are infinite varieties of it. It's so clear. I mean, it, it, it it's so clear to me why most people or many people regard it as like the king of food, because it kind of is, you know? 
you're talking about all these different styles of pizza and I have gone down so many authenticity rabbit holes and I am a huge pizza spelunker outside of the America. I love to go and figure out like, and have all these different styles, international styles. But I have to say after these waves of Neapolitan pizza that have crashed across the country over these past 25 years, and I work for Uni pizza ovens, which is known for it's ovens that are, can go up to 950 degrees and do, you know, cook pizzas that in in a minute and a half that to have a Neapolitan style pizza but I almost I really love the American bastardized styles that have regionally just cropped up across the country over the past hundred years I really do have a soft spot for them yes you know my it's interesting because I grew up I'm I'm almost 50 and so I grew up in the you know the 80s in Southern California and you know when I was a kid um, birthday parties were at Shakey's Pizza Shakey's again and and Shakey's made terrific pizza. Now, I it's a ter- it's a memory of terrific pizza. They also made like fried chicken and potato wedges, and so I just don't know if those things always like mix. But it was like that was pizza, you know. Um, I re- but I remember the first time that I had pizza, and I and I was like, wait, this is. I mean, it really was transformational. I didn't have the vocabulary to say that or to think that or to even articulate it. I was probably like, I, I wasn't that young. I mean, I was like 18 or 19 years old. Wow. And I, I had a girlfriend and, and and we went to New York. This is in like the, you know, the 90s. And we went to Grimaldi's under the Brooklyn Bridge. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, coal fired. I didn't even know what that meant. Coal fired pizza. I was like, is there coal on the pizza? Like it didn't, I didn't understand. Even wood fired pizza didn't make sense to me. Of course, now I understand it. That creates the massive heat that it's required to make that kind of pizza. Neapolitan, I didn't know what that meant. Like, I, I like pizza, I like Shakey's, I like, you know, whatever was around. And But then I went there and I was like, it was transformational. It was like something totally different, this like charred crust, you know, and this charred, charred edges and, and charred bubbles on it. And this beautiful, just like incredible, simple flavor of just, um, you know, canned tomatoes that were, whizzed with some salt, you know, and, and beautiful buffalo mozzarella um, on this very thin crust. And I can still taste that. You know, I, I, by the way, that is the first and only time I ever went to Grimaldi's and I never went back just wow. because, you know, life gets in the way. But I remember that. And a few years later, I w- managed to get to Naples uh, as a backpacker with a friend. And I had a very similar experience there. Th- there's a bunch of famous places in Naples, but this is like the one that we saw in the rough guide, you know, at the time. Sure. I can't remember the name, but it, it's probably the same place today. Kelly or it was something like that. Yeah. Um, it was probably that. And, and we went there and, um, it was also transformational. You, you ate it and you were like, this is, I mean, it's such a simple food, but it was made. You could, you could understand how complex it was to make it so good and so perfect. And so kind of, like it, it, it kind of, it did transport you to this other kind of otherworldly place in your mind. I know it sounds hyperbolic, but I, I think oftentimes I think about that trip. And by the way, on that same trip, I will note my friend who I went with, who I'm still in touch with, was very active in the Catholic diocese in Indianapolis, and he was so active. And Indianapolis at the time had an archbishop or maybe even a cardinal. I can't remember that we were able to go to mass at uh, St. Peter's and sit right in the front on the aisle and 
Pope John Paul II like passed by us. Like I have a photograph. I, I held his hand. I have a photograph wow. of Pope John. Like that was a, an amazing trip. And yet I wow. still think about that pizza in Naples. I mean, we we basically met Pope John Paul II. And yet I'm transported to that pizza moment. That's how profound it was. Wow. Pizza trumps popes, I think, is what we're saying here. I mean, I, I would, I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't want to. I mean, but, <laughs> I might. But it was, I might. I don't it know. Was, As a Catholic, I it might. Was ama- it was like an amazing, you know, pizza experience. You know, a lot happened on that trip. I mean, we ended up seeing the Pope. We ended up like um, crashing at some strangers, kind strangers home in, in Venice near St. Peter's, near St. Mark's wow. Square because we didn't have a place. Anyway, but that pizza in Naples. Really, and there's and let's let's face it, there is crappy pizza in Italy. There is just like there's crappy pizza in the United States. Like yep. a lot of pizza in Italy sucks, but the greatest pizza in Italy is the greatest pizza on earth. Well, what do you? What is it about that? I mean, it, obviously, there's place, there's moment, there's the flavors and the combination of things that you were talking about and the age that you were at. But what is it about pizza that is so that hits people so hard? With that, that they'll they'll you know we have folks like you coming on to talk with us about pizza, and people are willing to come on and talk about pizza because it is something they are so passionate about. What is it? What is it in your estimation? It's community. It's like it's it's like have you ever seen a beer commercial, right? With a guy sitting and drinking a beer by himself? No, every beer commercial is a bunch of dudes in a living room on a sofa going yeah, and pizza's kind of like that too. You know, it, it's. It, it, you gather around it. I mean, it's a round thing for the most part, unless it's like a Detroit style or whatever, but a Roman style. But it's a it's a thing you gather around and everyone grabs slices and you sit and you eat it. And it's so simple, right? It's so easy to feed a large crowd of people that you generally don't eat it alone. I mean, and again, by the way, if you're sitting in your living room or your kitchen right now, by the way, with a fork and knife eating your pizza by yourself, like no shame, yeah. total respect. We've all been there. But we've all, we've been, all there. been there. But, you know, the tombstone in the oven. But, um, you know, it's it's a community thing. You gather around it. Other yeah. thing about pizza is it's like a canvas for mm-hmm. anything. For, you know, you go to Naples and you're eating a margarita. And, and part of the reason why the pizza tastes different in Naples, I think, because and I remember this because it's like that pizza was invented in Naples in honor of Queen Margaret, Margaret, Margarita, like. The, I think it was in some Italian or some, some Italian. Uh, there was no Italy at the time. I don't think it was, it was a confederation of regions, but there was a queen, I believe, Margaret, Margarita, and that's the pizza. And it was the colors of the Italian flag, you know, red, green and and, and white. And it does. There's a sense of place there. When I eat that same pizza in Sonoma County and I'm eating, you know, Bianco de Napoli tomatoes that are sure. grown in California's Central Valley. It does taste like that place. It's like not to again, not to be hyperbolic, but it's like wine. You know, there's a, a pizza place in Sonoma County that I love uh, called Psychic Pie, and they make everything. I mean, they 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 or they source it from local producers around them. The mortadella, the bacon, the cheese, all comes from within five miles. But you know, in the winter time, they're doing a lot of pizzas with squash, delicata, and you know, and zucchini, d- different kinds of squashes. And, um, you know, in the summertime, they're using a, like a lot of cherry tomatoes, just, it, and it, there's a sense of place when you go there because it tastes like Sonoma County. You know, they're using ingredients that are unusual or different or, you know, and that's what I love about it. I mean, there's a a, a place also in Sonoma County I love called Pizzeria, 
that, you know, that like many places use as hot honey, they do a New York style pizza and it's very excellent and authentic. I mean, it, it is an outstanding pizza, but it has that Sonoma County twist where they add like, you know, some California things to it that you would, you know, or, or, or the cheese board collective in Berkeley. Yeah. That does that. So I think what it, what it is about pizza is it's, it's an Italian, you know, an Italian food that was basically popularized by Italian Americans in the United States. And that's gone global and has become this kind of global food in which people can apply their own things to it. And there are versions of it. I mean, the Turks have Lakmajun, the Germans and French have Alsatian tarts, you know, so the, the, I mean, even a, a scallion pancake to some extent is a version of it. So I feel like it it has this universal quality in which people can apply whatever is around them to it, you know? 100%. You make such a great point about the, I mean, I insisted we had to have the word party in this podcast because I always, I think, especially outside of a lot of the, the sort of slice culture of New York City, that parties are very much a part of uh, pizza culture. And I think that, you know, sort of equating it to a European sense of like the British islands have pubs and like that's a meeting place that we that like so many Americans, I don't know, fully understand the, the importance of like an Irish pub, how it's a meeting place and communal yeah. and, you know, a news is exchanged. And, and in some ways, I think an argument could be made that like our pizza culture, at least sort of like the mass pizza culture around the country it's sort of like that because the pizzeria is sort of like, while obviously inspired by Italy, is sort of like an American version of those pubs. That's where you go for the game. At, like, like you win the game, you go to those pizzerias. You you know, someone got a promotion, you get pizza, you get the booth, and you talk that whole time. Um, so I, I love I love that connection. That you know. I think it's while it's very Italian, the way we do it is also very American in a in a great way. It's like one thing to be somewhat patriotic about yeah. in this in these crazy times. And I think also, you know, again, not to get like sort of America versus Italy, but I do think that and I, I yeah. think many Italians who have spent time in the United States and chefs in Italy, like they have deep respect for American pizza culture because because there is I mean, you, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, like who's th- who's ever going to think like, wait, Phoenix, Arizona is a pizza capital of the and it is because of one guy, you know, who really was deeply connected to it or, you know, in L.A., like Nancy Silverton, like what they've done that down there and obviously, you know, New York. But then you can find amazing pizza in in like Nashville and in Portland. And I've had incredible pizza in Seattle. I mean, it's I think in part because there's so much respect for that, the Italian tradition of like a really hot oven, you know, a really, really thin crust, um, you know, really using double O flour or, you know, or I went to a pizzeria. It's so crazy. There's a, there's a pizza joint in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Okay. Where, where it's like, it's like colder than Mars. Okay. In Winnipeg, Manitoba. And I'm not joking. Like it is sometimes colder than Mars. And I've been there when it's colder than Mars. And there's a food hall in in Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, called the River Fork, the Forks. And there's a pizza place there that is outstanding. They use local Manitoba flour. They use yeah. the the and and it's a double O version. It's not you know double O from Italy, but it's they 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 they, they grind it very finely. But it is local flour from the plains of of Manitoba. It's a big wheat producer. 
and they make an outstanding pizza, an excellent, excellent pizza. My understanding is also, I mean, we have this conversation about Italians and Americans. And, you know, if you start looking at where some of these, depending on what the brand is, where some of these flowers actually come from, the Italian flowers can be, in my understanding, from North America. And then, you know, you've got this Italian branding and the process or whatever. Exactly. So it's not, you're not even using really yes. something that's Ita- Italian. That's you're using right. something that's American. Sometimes, anyway. Oftentimes they're importing the wheat and the flour. <laughs> you're right. And they're refining in Italy. That's right. Because... We grow so much. I mean, Anson Mills in Utah, I mean, uh, so much of the flour that we produce here is, you know, is outstanding. Some of the best in the world. But I love what you're talking about with the sense of place and the ingredients in different places also. And I think that's part of the fun of and some of the jealousy that I have of some of the ways that pizza has fused with different cultures around the world. But that makes me wonder. I mean, you have done a lot of travel and reporting from a lot of different places around the world. I'm wondering, as a foreign correspondent, you know, you spend a good deal of time doing, you know, if there are any memorable pizza moments that you can share with us uh, over that period of time in your career. Yeah. I mean, I practically, you know, and, and I say this not with any great pride because I was very unhealthy in my 20s and early 30s before I, I sort of wised up and had children and started to get healthier. But, um, you know, I used to love going to a place and I was a Berlin correspondent. Um, for NPR, this is 23 years ago. I was starting uh, 25 years ago. So I was 25. I was starting my career and, and I had this job. It was a really amazing job. But there was a there was a place in Berlin, I think it's still there, called Stendiga Vertreitung. I'm, t- I'm mangling that, forgive me. My German's terrible today. But basically, it was an outpost of a restaurant in Berlin that had started in Cologne, Germany. And it was originally like a journalist hangout. So when I got to Berlin, everyone was like, oh, you got to go there. And, 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 and it was food from Cologne, which of course is in the Western edge of Germany. And so they had, you know, Kolsch, those little glasses of crisp, cold beer, which are delicious. And they serve them in little glasses. So you don't really get drunk unless you, you know, you're just pounding them, but you can have one and it's, and it's lunch. And they had an Alsatian tart that to this day inspires my own pizza making. I make this pizza for people every time they come over and I make pizzas. And I have, I've got an indoor uh, electric bolt oven so I can do it at my house. Um, I've got, and I've got two, I've got a code of 16 and then the code of 14 um, or 12 and uh, 12, and they're both a uh, propane. So in the summertime, I'll have them both going outside and I'll just, you know, cause we'll have like 20 people over and I'll just like, just have a, have them going. And the one that gets people every time is this Alsatian tart, which is basically, you know, inspired by, by the times that I would go there. And it, it's a pizza that has, I, I take creme fraiche and some um, farmer's cheese or like, um, you know, it's it's a kind of a, a, a cream cheese, but a farmer's cheese and then a little bit of cream. And then I, I, I sort of whisk it together until it's quite smooth and I add a lot of black pepper. And then I spread that, you know, on, on the dough and I make the dough, my, my dough is simple. I use Sam Sifton's famous Roberta's recipe from the New York Times from like 10, 20 years ago. Yep. Still use that. Um, I think it's like 135, double O, 135 AP, two grams of yeast, eight grams of salt. Man, I love it. Olive oil. The recipe memorized. Fantastic. 200 grams of water. Yeah. And I'll do that. It's really easy. It's super simple. I'll spread that cheese, that sort of mixture, peppery cheese mixture on top. And then I'll take some onions and I'll, I'll caramel, I'll, I'll cut them into little stri- thin, small strips and I'll caramelize them a little bit. And then I'll drizzle that on top. And then I'll take some 
really good bacon, like Nyman Ranch or like some pancetta, and then I'll drop some of that around it, and that's it. That's the pizza. It's an else. It, it, so it's it's a Alsatian tart on a you know a Neapolitan dough, and it is like that kills people every time. They're like, this is amazing, and that those that comes from that experience, like remembering those flavors or. I can go on and on. I can keep going. Well, and trying to recreate it. And you've and and f- uh, to this point around this pizza, this was a natural segue here. I didn't plan this, but because you mentioned well, that, well, so Arthur, real quick, I just want to say that I'm very happy that you told us how you built it. Uh, That's how I built it. That's sorry. how I built a pizza. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I had to throw something could, like that. You couldn't even wait. It t- could have just been couldn't the wait. kicker for I gotcha. that. But they could not I gotcha. wait. Um, I like to ruin podcasts. You, I mean, you, you, I did not plan this, but you did share this recipe for us. So it's a natural throw for me to say uh, you, reluct, you were reluctant because it is a game-changing pizza game in changer. your view. And people do uh, celebrate it and want this pizza. But we do have it on the Uni website. So please visit uni.com for uh, the Gyra's special Alsatian tart pizza. Um, but it's, a, it's you, you trying to recreate this memory and this feeling yeah. also and revisiting. It's a way of time travel almost, I feel like. Yes for this. Um, but yeah, that's a nat- also a natural question for me to ask you, I guess, in your pizza making journey, you know, what are some of the tips that you've kind of stumbled on or, you know, ha- uh, discoveries that you've made that have been the most significant in your pizza making journey? We don't ask this question a lot, but I feel like it, yeah. it fits I mean, for you. I think that the most important thing is, is to, is to practice, right? I mean, that's simple because the first couple times your dough is going to get stuck to the peel and it's just, you're going to use too much flour on the peel, but you have to go into it knowing that like, it's like pancakes. Like when you're starting out, a couple of your pizzas are just going to, they're going to be a disaster, right? But it doesn't take that long to, to figure it out. And, and the, there's the beauty of it is there's so many videos on YouTube or you just watch somebody in a pizzeria. Like I, that's how I learned how to make pizza. I, I, made the Sam Sifton dough. And then one day I just watched somebody in the pizzeria, like take their fingers and like kind of make, make like a, a, a rim around the dough and then just make it sort of. And then I, I started to play around with stre- hand stretching and then I got much better and I was able to throw it up and use my knuckles. And, 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 and it just intuitively became easier. Um, I always, you know, I don't use like semolina or, or like corn meal on the peel. I don't like that corn mealy taste yeah. in my crust. I always use a light bit of flour. Um, the most important thing is when you're making a pizza, okay, and you put your dough on the peel, the first thing you should do before you put anything on it is just gently shake the peel to make sure that there's friction, that the pizza is like moving, like almost like there's invisible ball bearings under the pizza, uh, under the dough, just make it. And then you have to work really fast. You've got like 45 seconds to get the sauce and the toppings and the cheese on. So you, so I do a mise en place. Like I've got, mm-hmm. I've got like little ceramic containers that I just put like olives or sauteed mushrooms or ham or bacon or pepperoni or, you know, whatever it might be sauce, pesto, I'll make a pesto, um, whatever, whatever corn, like if, whatever's in season, right? I've got this corn on pizzas, amazing in the summertime, especially on a white pizza. So I have that all ready to go. I I put the sauce on. Even after I put the sauce on, I shake the peel just a little to make sure it's still. And then quickly put the rest of the things, then shake the peel a little bit and then rush to the oven and then... But you want to constantly shake the peel to make sure it's not stuck. Because if it's stuck, you can unstuck it. You just have to gently pick up the dough, get a little flour and just throw it under there and blow. And then 
shake the peel a little bit. And usually that works. Love it. Do you make keto pizzas at home ever? Have you experimented that be, with that? It would or be do you really just... hard. It would be really hard because starch, you need starch. And yeah. and even like the gluten-free dough, doughs or they're, they're usually rice-based and on keto, you don't eat any grains. So, I mean, what I do is I can eat the cheese and sauce while I'm really being you know strict about keto. Um, and again, it's not like I'm punishing myself. It's, sure. It actually feel great. And, uh, you know, I, I love that feeling and I'm, I'm because I'm where I am in life. Like I, I used to be really interested in like lifting heavy weights and, and now I'm like, why, why am I doing, why was I doing that? I'm more interested in like stretching my body and making sure I'm, I've got a lot of mobility because I look at, you know, people in their eighties and nineties and the ones who are really living well are the ones who can move and are mobile. It's not the, you know, it's, it's not about like living until a hundred. It's about living well as long as you can and being able to move and to exercise and to stretch. So it's all connected, you know? Um, but I think you could, you could do, I mean, I, I will, you know, again, like I'll have, a, if it's a really great pizza place and, you know, I'll, and, and friends are like, you got to have, you gotta try this this new thing we're doing, um, I'll go for it. You know, I've got a friend who has this place in Sebastopol, Psychic, California, Psychic Pie. Sometimes you'll have a kimchi pizza. You know, I got to try mm -hmm. that. Yeah. You know, it's all local kimchi. It's like, it's so amazing. He does a, a croque monsieur pizza. It's so good. So, you know, wow. got to go for it. I like how you uh, you raise the bar quite a bit in our in our discourse about this, and you are a genuine uh, pizza aficionado. Like you've definitely demonstrated that. I love the contrast, and I think pizza is so great with this. But I like I love it in life. I love the contrast between highbrow, lowbrow, and sort of uh, uh, playing within those uh, dynamics. And I, so, I, it, with that being said, I like talking about college because that's such a great distillation of that sort of concept. You spent time in really great colleges. And so, like, you know, according to my calculations, graduated from Brandeis. Uh, did, you were a Neiman Journalism Fellow at Harvard, a Ferris Professor of Journalism at Princeton, a Shapiro Fellow at George Washington, and an adjunct professor of journalism at Georgetown. And this reads very similar to my resume, too. So I thought that was kind of interesting, uh, except for the part that it's not at all. Um, and so a logical question for this playing within those dynamics I was talking about, where did you find the best pizza between Cambridge, Princeton, DC, Massachusetts? Good question. I mean, <laughs> was in, the United, yeah, in the United Kingdom, when I lived there um, okay. back in the 90s. Teaching at Oxford, I'm assuming? Or I, was, where, where was, I was at, at the University of Cambridge. I was studying okay, well, there. Very good. And, very good. That's right. And even <laughs> back then, I mean, you know, the Brits have a, I think, an unearned reputation for having terrible food. I love their food. I think their food is terrific. And, you know, traditional British food is really excellent when, when it's done well. Even back then, there was that chain Pizza Express that was doing a pretty good job of yeah. making pretty good pizza. Um, and it's still around. And they, I think they do a pretty good job. So that was available. But, you know, when I was in college, um, a lot of it was, you know, it was like dominoes. It was like yeah. just, just whatever, whatever. Come and sometimes that's delicious, like a greasy Domino's pizza or like a stuffed crust, like with the cheese coming out, and you just feel kind of sick after. But yeah, it is also like there's a reason why Pizza Hut or 
dominoes are successful chains because they understand how to make something that's going to be delicious to millions of people. Like there's a reason why they have nailed that. And they're not, they don't care about a 1000 degree oven or Bianco de Napoli tomatoes or, you know, Buffalo mozzarella. They don't have to because they're balancing out flavors that are, you know, are, are just familiar to us. So for me, a lot of that was just, you know, whatever was the cheapest. And I certainly, certainly had my fill of crappy pizza. No, I mean, I lived off crappy pizza in some of these cities. Um, I mean, I remember, oh my God, I remember, oh my God. I I don't even know if I can talk about this because it's so traumatic. You have to now. (laughs) Very traumatic. (laughs) Please. But uh, this was back in 2000, back in 2002. I was, I just, either I just come back or from Afghanistan and I was given a month to do a series of reports for NPR when I used to work there along the Danube River. And I was going to trace, it was like a five-part series. It, it was kind of a really nice series I did. Five reports along the, I traced the Danube River from its source all the way to the sea. So from Donauschingen in Germany, all the way to um, to the mouth of the Danube Delta, the Danube Delta in Romania, okay? And along the way, um, I told stories about life along the river. This did not get into one of my stories, but along the way in Romania, um, I was in a village and it was uh, late at night and I was filing a report that I had to file and I was starving and I was staying in a little guest house that didn't have room service. So this is in like 2002. I mean, this is like pre-cell phones. There were cell phones, but you had to go to internet cafes to like file things. It was just a different world. And I went to, there was a place, it was, it was a Romanian, it was pizza. Okay. Um, and, you know, basically they didn't, you know, speak much English. And so I went in and I said, I'll, you know, pizza and sit down. And uh, a couple minutes later, out comes this thing that is like, it's round and it's thick. It's like, I would say about an inch thick. Sure. Um, and it has this sort of very kind of yellow pasty, kind of melted thing on top, which I, you know, maybe just like some kind of their version of cheddar or Gouda and, uh, and something red underneath. And what it was, was bread with ketchup. I knew it. Some kind of cheese on top. And it was so foul. It was (laughs) so disgusting. And I love Romania. I love the Romanian people. So forgive me if you're Romanian, but this happened. This is a true story. It was so disgusting, but I was starving and I had to eat it. And, and I still remember it. I still remember that sweet, mm-hmm. sickly sweet taste of ketchup. And it wasn't even Heinz because Heinz ketchup is pretty delicious. It was something so gross that I still to this day remember it. Ketchup on pizza has been making the rounds on Instagram these days recently. It's wrong. As like a it's challenge wrong. for, yeah. It's wrong. Too, yeah. It's wrong. It should be, it should be illegal. <laughs> Maybe, maybe like a non-proliferation agreement around the world that countries can sign. No, that makes sense. Guy, you've covered news from more than 50 countries, reported from more than 40 countries, including wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, Macedonia, and the ongoing conflict in Israel and the Palestinian territories. You've anchored live coverage of some of the biggest stories, including elections, school shootings, Osama bin Laden killing, covered topics as wide-ranging as sports and entertainment, interviewed some of the most famous and powerful people in the world. I'm wondering, who of all the people that you've met, 
would you, or, you know, interviewed, would you most like to sit down again with to share a pizza and a conversation with? And where would that be? And who would that be with? I would say that I would most like to sit down and share a pizza. And this is this going to be a little surprising because it's a very famous person who I only recently interviewed, like maybe two years ago, who I was so blown away by this person's intellect, humility, kindness, um, how interesting they were. We were only given 45 minutes to do the interview. I was given 45 minutes by this person's publicist. And when 45 minutes were up, he said, I said to him, thank you so much for your time. I know you've got to go. And I re- and he said, I've got all afternoon. I'm really enjoying this interview. We actually kept that in the, in the final version of the interview. You could hear it. And that person is Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, who is truly, I, I really, now I, of course, I don't know him. I don't know him, you know, but I, I, be, I do a lot of research about every person I interview. And there's nothing about him. Like, no one's like, oh, Tom Hanks, he has a reputation for being such an a-hole. Yeah. Like, nobody says that. Yeah. Like, he doesn't because he's, he is actually, like, such a good man. And it's it's interesting because... He's as important as an a- an actor as like we will remember him like Jimmy Stewart or or James yeah. Cagney like he's a he's a historic actor in that vein like he is really important and and I think he's just a very you know he's just really he's not flawless nobody he's not perfect but he's a very interesting smart thoughtful person and I could talk to him for days. I really could. I could sit down with them and we'd eat pizza. I'd, eat, I'd break my keto rule. We'd eat pizza and we'd just talk, you know, and maybe drink like little glasses of Kolsch, I think, and just kind of go even deeper. So, so would you make that pizza for him? Would it be the Alsatian? Yeah. If you're going to have that Kolsch, would it be you would make the Alsatian I'd make pizza that, for I'd him? I'd make that one. I would definitely make a pizza with sweet corn. I'd make my classic margarita. I love really a, just a, a pizza with like spicy salami, like soprasada, or like something really like a Calabrian chilies in there. I make a bunch of pizzas and we would just, we just sample them. You know, I'd be like, Tom, here's a sweet green, here's sweet corn pizza. Um, here's uh, some, Al- here, try the Alsatian, try my, you know, veggie one. Yeah, we would just, I just make a bunch. Well, now, Alfred, all I want to do is talk about pizza with Tom Hanks now based on yeah. this conversation. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to happen, but uh, Alfred, I think you need to, uh, we need to get, we need to work on that. We'll get our bookers on that for sure. Um, I want to be conscious of your time, uh, but I do have a couple of really quick questions, quick sure. fire questions I want to ask you. First of all, will you blot? Are you a blotter or are you not a blotter when it comes to grease on a pizza slice? If you are at a New York pizzeria, you grab a slice, will you blot? No, I eat. Uh, I no, I eat the grease. Is there a topping that you don't like? Um, I know everyone says it, but I don't love pineapple. I just don't. I mean, I've had I've had great Hawaiian pizzas. I've had places that really specialize in them, even with jalapenos on it, which you know kind of mitigates it. I like that spiciness of like jalapeno and and pepperoni pizza is so delicious to me uh, with the onions. It's so good. Um. But yeah, I mean, I just, I don't like the, the sweetness of the pineapple on the pizza. I, I always prefer the sweetness of onions or, or corn. I just, 
it just doesn't work for me. Um, I guess I'd also probably, I don't love like canned black olives. I like really good cured complex olives, you know, like the ones that are like bitter. Mm -hmm. So I would say those two. Um, people like to curate their slices with Parmesan, oregano, especially New York pizzerias, garlic, red pepper flakes. I'm wondering, are you a, do you like the pizza the way it's delivered to you? Or do you like to customize it with any of those toppings? And which ones, if so? Um, chili oil, almost always. I love chili oil on pizzas. Like Great answer. If they've got, if they've got like that bottle with the olive oil and the chili oil is always so good. Yeah. Um, and then depending on where I am, I will I will add a little bit of Parmesan and some red pepper. I've been known to open the like even the crappy packets of Parmesan and red pepper <laughs> with crappy pizza and just shake it on, you know, just because especially if the pizza is not amazing or flavorful, that adds that like red pepper adds some kick. But even in good pizza, I like I like chili oil or some you know some like uh, espalette pepper, some some with a kick. Anchovies, yes or no? Love love anchovies. Love them. One of my all-time favorite pizzas is just sauce, anchovies, cured black olives, some garlic, and some Parmesan cheese on there. Just shaves of shavings of Parmesan into the oven. I can eat that every day. I love it. The saltiness, the so good. It sounds like there are not a lot of leftovers when you make your Alsatian pizza, but if you do have a slice that you want to reheat, do you have a process that you like to use for that? Yes, I do. I go to the oven. I put it, I, do, I go 325, 350 usually, and I will wait until it's ready to go. And then I'll put a, just a, a metal sheet pan in there. So to heat up the sheet pan, and then I'll quickly take out the sheet pan, throw the pizza on, usually with a piece of parchment underneath so it doesn't get stuck. And then I'll throw it back in and just let that rip for a couple minutes. Awesome. I like to end it with the same question for the most part. Um, perfect slice, where is it? What are you getting on it? Perfect slice would be um, like a like roasted garlic. So so it'd have a red sauce, just just a, just whizzed tomatoes, right, with some salt, some roasted garlic, some really really good black olives on there, and then a couple of pieces of anchovy. And then a blob of Fiora di Latte mozzarella just melting on that slice. And that pizza, by the way, you can have that slice. There's a place in Berkeley called Roses, and they make that exact pizza. And I will say that might be one of my favorite slices on earth. Guy, I know that Alfred just said he promised it was going to be the last minute. Great. Um, I'm just wondering, you've you've interviewed so many people, and especially a couple of entrepreneurs, including Darina and Christian from Uni, yep. um, the founders of Mod Pizza. There have been other memorable mentions of pizza that come up over the years throughout your episodes. I'm wondering if there's anything, any any particular pizza moment from your show that particularly stands out, if stands out, if at all. I would say that, to me. Probably one of my favorite pizza moments is, you know, it just imagining um, Christian like trying to like weld together parts to build a pizza oven in his like in his little flat in London, yeah. Um, and and just the sort of the quixotic, just totally like crazy idea that a guy from Finland who's married to a lady, a woman from Scotland, could make a pizza oven that actually would be amazing. Like 
it's just so implausible that the the you know one of the greatest home pizza making tools is is like has its roots in Finland, right? Which is like dark nine months of the year and cold. And it, but but at the same time, like I think there's also great pizza culture there too. I just I I, I love the improbability of that story because. It really is a grassroots story that turned into a much bigger brand that um, and I know Christian and, and he's been in my house. I've made him pizza um, and he's an awesome person and, an, and and appreciates a good pizza. And I've made him my Alsatian pizza. So and he's made that on TikTok. Also, he's re- recreated it. So you can see that there. And, and I know the answer to this question from Alfred may be Arthur. The answer is to just let the guests go when you've promised to let the guests go. But I'm wondering yeah. if you have any advice for us. We're doing this pizza podcast after all the people that you've talked with and all of the questions that you've asked in terms of how to, you know, how to, how to create a successful podcast about pizza. Forbes called you the greatest interviewer of your generation. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Um, you know, it's not about the questions you ask. Questions don't really matter. The questions I ask don't matter. There's no like some magical list of questions that all of sure. a sudden like light somebody's brain up. It's, it's how you listen. That's it. It's how you listen. The secret of being a good interviewer is being a good listener. And then picking up a thread of something someone said in their answer and building on that. And that's it. And I think you guys have done that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Well, I want to thank you formally, informally, all the ways. I also want to apologize because there's a part of me that also has this feeling that we're enablers because, you know, you have all but sworn off pizza at this point. And now we've just spent a very long time talking about the joys of pizza. So I do feel like I, I owe you an apology, but I cannot thank no, you enough. No apology. I'm, <laughs> I haven't sworn it off forever. I just, okay. I'm not consuming. I'm trying to be very judicious and mindful about when I eat it. And and frankly, that it's great because I'm only eating great pizza. Good. Well, it felt very reckless of us to put you in this position, but thank you so much, Guy. This was fantastic. I mean, thank this was guys. just awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. It's time for pizza news. Yelp <laughs> declared Chicago's Pequot's Pizza as number one in its annual top 100 pizza spots list. I think it's Pequod's. Is That's it Pequod's, how I would pronounce it. Pequod's. I think it is. You tell me. I think it's You're Pequod's. The one from Chicago I think it's Pequod's. Area. Pequod's. Yeah. Per SF Gate, Tony's Pizza Napolitana, the eponymous San Francisco standard bearer for famed pizza maker Tony Gemignani, has launched a $500 pizza around the world tasting menu that includes Prosecco for each guest, four starters, fried squash blossoms, caprese salad, deep fried green beans, an Italian chopped salad, eight pizza styles, including Detroit style, St. Louis, classic margarita, New York Sicilian, and pan among them with cannoli and tiramisu for dessert. If that sounds steep, consider it's enough food to be shared by up to six people. By the way, according to PMQ, Gemignani Slice House, which counts five locations at Allegiant Stadium, sold, get this, Alfred, 8,200 slices at the Super Bowl during the game. PMQ also reports that a new survey from Clever, a real estate listing site, reveals New York as the most expensive pizza city in America. Gothamites regularly fork over $28.60 for a cheese pie, nearly double what it costs in Richmond, Virginia, and $33.65 for a one-topping pie on average more than anywhere else. Today's topic is... 
pizza cheese terminology. Now, Alfred, I'm going to go easy on you because it's been a rough week and we're just going to talk about some three cheese definitions. Now, cheese pull is the one you know, right? You know what a cheese pull is. What's a cheese pull? Uh, when you pull a pizza, a slice of pizza, it's the cheese connecting to the rest of the pizza. So it's this, yeah, so it's the stretch stringy connection of cheese from a slice pulled away from the rest of the pizza. Some would argue that the cheese pull is a sign while a pizza is being cut that indicates a pizza will be good. In the food stylist world, the cheese pull, whether attempted with pizza or other dishes featuring cheese, is said to be one of the most difficult effects to achieve. The ideal cheese pull typically features nice long strings that cling to the slice as it lifted from the whole pizza. According to Dolores Custer, author of Food Styling, the Art of Preparing Food for the Camera, part skim mozzarella achieves the best cheese pull effect. Now, these other two definitions you might not know as well. One's called cheese drag. And usually that's a sign of enough sauce on a pizza for the cheese not to have attached to the crust. Cheese drag is the sliding off of a large sheet of cheese from the slice. Cheese drag is a problem that can often be encountered while eating frozen and delivery pizzas. Finally, Cheese Lock. Cheese Drag was the name of my band, actually, in high school, <laughs> interestingly enough. It's a good name. Cheese Lock. The distribution of cheese so that it sticks to the crust above and around the pizza toppings so that they hold in place. But the idea that they are placed evenly on the pies so as to ensure a well-balanced flavor experience and consistent topping spread in each bite. Lovely. Now I'm hungry again. What a delightful episode. I think this episode has a lot for people to learn from. There's a lot here. So take notes when you're listening to this. Although if you're listening to my voice now, you already listened to the episode. <laughs> Re-listen. Take some notes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today, boys and girls. Get some sleep, Alfred. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Arthur Bovino at NYC Best Pizza. Alfred's at Alfred Schultz. There's no T in Schultz. Follow the show at Pizza Pod Party and Uni at Uni HQ. If you like the podcast, please tell all of your friends. Spread the word. And follow our guests. We get some good ones. Next week, we have another great guest. Can't wait to see you then. I'm going to fall asleep. I love you. (laughs) Remember, great pie is one you're already thinking about having again before you finish the first slice. Make pizza. The Pizza Pod Party. Please rate and review the podcast. The Pizza Pod Party is hosted by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Produced by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Created by... Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Researched by Arthur Bovino. Engineered, edited, and mixed by Alfred Schultz. Voiced by the fabulous Holly Palmieri. And presented by Uni Pizza Ovens. Visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I.com to find out more about the world's number one pizza oven brand and follow Uni on social media at UniHQ on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.